Yo ho ho! Yeah, you know what I'm saying, everybody? Oh, jeez, I, I should probably cut that out, but I'm not going to, because that would require me to do stuff regardless. Welcome, everybody, to the GX Gamer Cast. Or, no, not the Gamer Cast. Jeez, okay, we're on the Hockey Cast, god darn it. I do too many shows and they get confused, and sometimes they make that mistake, and I forget what show I'm doing, but this is the Hockey Cast. We're on episode. 27 and uh holy jump and welcome to uh the midweek and uh we're getting awfully close to christmas so hope you guys are ready i'm literally sending out my last gift i guess it's a gift out into the mail today so uh i think i'm good how what is it the 21st so yeah i'm not horrible i guess yet but anyway hope you guys got your christmas shopping done if you haven't, get the hell out there and get it done. What are you waiting for? Nowadays, with Amazon and stuff, you really have no excuse. Anyway, we're not talking about Christmas gift buying and shaming you for not buying them on time. Uh, welcome to the midweek show. This is the Hockey Cast, where I talk about the uh, some interesting hockey news that I've heard throughout the week. Take uh, some takes on my favorite hockey team in the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and my second favorite team in the league, the Calgary Flames. A little less so on the Flames. I know that's been my bad. We'll we'll talk about the Flames more so on this episode. Uh, last week, I just didn't really, you know, I was a little bit grumpy about the Flames because they were going through some shit. But I want to do something a little different this week, considering that this is, I guess, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's a Leaf, I don't know, I guess maybe it is because I talk about them every single week, but I mean every single hockey podcast talks about the Leafs every episode, basically, because you kind of have to. It's the Leafs, but regardless, I guess it's a hockey podcast, but my favorite team is the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I want to talk about more than just the Toronto Maple Leafs, but considering I'm this many episodes in and a diehard Leaf fan, I don't think I've ever started off the show with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I want to flip the script on uh, my show. So I'm literally going to start from the bottom and work my way up to the top on my notes because I thought that would be fun. So I'm going to be starting with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is different. So uh, yeah, we'll start with that. Other things I will be talking about, though, in this episode, other than Toronto Maple Leafs, we'll be talking about some injuries which, um, which involve some, uh, some uh, testicular uh, situations. Some uh, extensions were, uh, what do you call them, were done. Cam Atkinson, some injury news with him. Is there going to be an 84-game season? I want to take a look at the league leaders in the NHL, do a little update on that, and then we're going to dive into the Calgary Flames and, of course, your Toronto Maple Leafs. And like I just said, we're going to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs this week. So, out of the gate, let's just get this out of the way. The Mitch Marner point streak has ended, everybody. Yes, I know. I know it's 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 sad and it, and it is my fault. It's my fault. In the last episode, I said, "Oh yeah, Garen, like I feel really good about Mitch Marner hitting 33 games. Like that should be. I think he could do it." And then right after that, the streak ended. So um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to have to eat a little bit of crow on that one. That's my bad, Mitchell. I uh, I now can wear his jersey again, which is nice. But the only problem is the only Mitch Marner jersey I own is a St. Patrick's jersey, and it's um. Very much so not St. Patrick's uh, time of the year, but I don't really care. I'll, I'll bust them out any time. But um, yeah, anyway, I can wear that again without fearing that I'm, it's going to be the the. I don't want to. I didn't want to put a bad voodoo on my St. Patrick's jersey. If I put it on and the streak ended with me putting that on, then I would like never wear it again, basically. But uh, anyway, that's not what we're getting into. But yes, the streak sadly has ended, regardless 
a, an extremely impressive streak of 23 games in a row. Throughout that streak, man, he scored 11 goals, 21 assists. Now, it's not the highest point total. I mean, 32 points in 23 games is really good. But like I discussed last week, it wasn't like it isn't like Connor McDavid level. Now, if Connor McDavid, for example, had a 20 game, 23 game point streak you would have to imagine that he's he's basically around two points a game so you would have to expect him to be in that f- uh, 40 to mid 40 point range on a streak that long that's what I would think at a McDavid so uh not that Marner's was not impressive it was extremely impressive don't get me wrong and I, I actually really like the amount of goals that he put up in that. 11 goals for Mitch Marner. I mean, the guy can score, man. The Mitch Marner can score. He really kind of popped off last year and really showed off, like, how dangerous he can be with that shot. And I'm very happy that he has developed that shot a little bit more because he really desperately needed that to come along for his game to really be... Because, man, Marner is just so dangerous now. Like, with that shot, so not, not only does the goalie have to respect the shot now because he can score, it's not like a, a top 10 shot in the league. It's not the most powerful shot. It's not always the most accurate shot, but it's it's accurate enough, and the goalies always have to know that this is one of the best passers in the game, and usually on the ice with him is one of the best goal scorers, if not the best goal scorer in the game in Austin Matthews, or another very lethal goal scorer in rather William Nylander, John Tavares, a combo of two of those regardless. There's a lot. A goalie's got to think about when Mitchell Marner is on the ice, and yeah, there's a lot to think about, man, and I just love that about Marner, man, like, I talked about it before, like, that the Marner effect on the penalty kill, if he's out there, team's got to think twice, but okay, well, uh, he can, he can steal that puck away from us, and then he's got the jets and the moves to really shake and bake and make us look silly on the penalty kill, of course, on the power play, he does his thing out there, he's doing his nice passes, and being Mitchell Marner, doing uh, the thing that he does best and I'm just dishing and being ridiculous and creating plays unreal but yeah sadly the streak is over I was I was I, I wasn't like crushed or anything obviously I, I felt for Marner and it happened in the the New York Rangers game so Shishirkin you win this round you little bastard but um yeah Shishirkin played out of his mind in that game and and uh yeah it just didn't come it just didn't come in that game but um yeah, man, regardless, I'm still really happy. Marner is in that. It's going to be talked about whenever there's big point streaks. You know, Marner's name is always going to be in there now because he's top five best point streaks over the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years because they included Matt Sundin, 93, so like 30 years. So you got Patrick Kane, you got Sidney Crosby, Marner. That's pretty good company, man. That's really, really good company. And it's a record for the Toronto Maple Leafs, an organization, a franchise that's been around for over 100 years. So that's impressive. I mean, yeah, the the Leafs organization had some uh, extreme downs uh, in terms of organizational management. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that for, for now. I, I, I've said this before. Um, more than likely, this will be a, a summertime thing when it's off season, but uh, I will at some point take a deep dive into the Leafs of the eighties and uh, the, the bad era of, of horrible management. And we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that history when, when there's, you know, when the season's not going on. So, uh, Yes, that will be something because I personally want to go look into it myself. I've I've heard, I've know a little bit of the history, but there's so much more to go into. Very very interesting stuff. Uh, regardless, streak is over. Marner, it, hey, 
there's still lots of games left there, Marner. There's 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 no reason for you not to go on another streak. Maybe you can beat yourself uh, this week or this year. And that it's, I wanted that to come out exactly how it came out. I want you to go beat yourself, Marner. Uh, beat your own record, okay? That would be pretty wicked. That I don't think that would I don't, has that ever happened? Someone beating their own point streak record in 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 a year? I don't know. That'd be pretty wicked. That would be pretty wicked. But uh, Mitchell Marner, very impressive. His play has been ridiculous. Um, I, don't think, I think he's got a one-game point streak going on as of me recording recording this. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's well on his way to another 24-game point streak. And he's going to crush himself. So, that's neat. Speaking of crushing themselves, the Leafs lose two in a row in regulation for the first time this season. All right, everybody, pack it up. Shut down the parades. Throw the jerseys on the ice. Get the Eggo waffles out. Come on. It's over. The team sucks. We're, we're terrible. Oh, it's all over. How could we possibly lose two games in regulation? Ah, God. We're... Okay, obviously I'm over-exaggerating. But um, it is what it is, okay? The Toronto Maple Leafs lost two in regulation uh, to the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers. And... I think the bigger story is that this is the first time that this has happened to the Leafs this year. They have not lost two games in regulation this season up until now. So you're well into a a third of the way, a little further than that, into the NHL season. That's very impressive. And obviously, the Leafs are having a very impressive season. I know I had my, my early season jitters, but I think rightfully so for... Uh, I feel like it's very justified, and I justified Steve Dangle losing his mind early in the season. It's because we've seen this story written so many times, and we just don't want to see it. But uh, regardless, the ship has been righted. They're one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the league right now. They're 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 bumping right now. They're well after this week. You know, they're not. They may not be the hottest, hottest, but last week they were the hottest team in the league. And uh, they're still doing very good, man. Their their November was ridiculous. December is going quite well as as we go through December. They got uh, the next generation game. They're the young. What the hell is that game? I don't know. It's the one that happens in the afternoon, and they're usually very very crazy. And I'm looking forward to that game because, like I said, they generally are pretty crazy. I feel like I forget. I don't remember the one from last year, but all I know is that what two years ago was that Carolina one, and that was one of the most insane games I have ever seen in my life. But yeah, man. Regardless, the Leafs are performing very well right now. Uh, it may, the people are maybe getting a little bit concerned that oh, the goaltending's starting to drop off, and I mean, no, not really. I mean. Um, no, I mean, a goalie is going to have a bad game here or there, and I don't know, like, it's only Matt Murray only had, like, one bad game, and he's play, he played pretty solid in the Tampa game. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the games now since, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way that they lost two in regulation for the first time. It's pretty wacky, but the Leafs this week, uh, they played three games, so we'll get into the Rangers game. They lost that game 3-1 to one in regulation. 3-1. Uh, um, to one. Uh, I felt like the the second period in that game was like it was it was like tilted one end and then tilted back to the other end. Like the Leafs had the Rangers hemmed in for like two minutes there, and sad like pretty impressively. Not only did Shesterkin have a fantastic game, and uh, he he absolutely kept him in in um, 
in that moment because uh, the Rangers got hemmed in real bad. And not only did they not get scored on, the Rangers didn't even take a penalty in that, which I thought was quite impressive. And then the Leafs in turn got hemmed in in their zone and Murray made some big saves there for himself. And of course, of course... The most, like, the most obvious thing for us Leaf fans, we knew this was going to happen. Like, I knew it was going to happen. Jimmy VC scored two goals against his former team. One being the game winner and the final goal, the, the basically the dagger goal. So, of course, he scores big goals, the winning goal against his former team. And, uh, honestly, the first goal was a beauty. And the second one was an empty netter, but it is, it's whatever. But, um, of course... It had to happen. Uh, a little bit of revenge there for Jimmy VC. Again, I'll, I will uh, take a little bit from the Amazon documentary series. If you have not checked it out, I highly recommend it. It was extremely good. Especially if you're a Leaf fan, you'll you'll get a lot out of that. And I think if you're an NHL fan, you, you will also uh, ha- get some enjoyment out of that. Because it is a pretty darn good look at the behind the scenes of what's going on in an NHL organization. Now, they didn't completely open the doors, but there are some very, very interesting things. Uh, maybe one day in the summer I will rewatch it, and we will deep dive into some of those really interesting things. Now, one of the most interesting things I found out of that documentary series that I just cannot get over is, like, in the inter- like in the pre-games or whatever when they're like going over the upcoming opponents one of the biggest most notable things on their board was not like oh here like you know here's this guy's got 20 goals watch out for this guy oh here's the goaltender okay these are the things that he's not good at no no none of that stuff it was here's the referees refing this game watch out this is the kind of bullshit they get up to i found that very very interesting that uh one of the if not the biggest focus going into that game was not the team they were going against it was the referees refereeing that game so that was one of the most interesting things i i could pull out of that documentary series i was shocked that they like let that get through it was kind of in the background or whatever but man i was like oh that is so fucking that is so ridiculous like teams have to scout the referees because they all have their own little kind of um themes or or bullshit you know i don't know referees names but there is that one referee that is kind of known for letting games get out of hand and uh fuck that guy but anyway i'm not talking about the amazon series right now but shesterkin definitely stole that game i would have to say it was a pretty tight checking game not that many shots in total but Shesterkin made a lot of great saves. He uh, absolutely stole them that game. And the, and the scary thing now is that it looks like Shesterkin is kind of becoming Shesterkin from last year again. And I just love saying Shesterkin, so Shesterkin. Regardless, uh, the Rangers, looks like they go by however good Shesterkin is playing. Or Igor, if you will. If you're getting sick of me saying the S word, I'll say Igor for a little bit. So as long as Igor starts playing up to anywhere near what he was doing last year, the Rangers are really starting to shoot up the standings right now. Their, their struggles are starting to, uh, they're starting to even out a little bit here. So that's good for Rangers fans, I guess. Like I'm not, I'm not like big on the Rangers. Like 
uh, the only like I just really enjoyed their their how fast their rebuild went. I found that very very impressive. Like they they make a big old hoopla, big old announcement. Oh, sorry, Rangers fans. Oh, it's gonna be a hot minute. We're going into a rebuild, rebuild, and then literally, boom! First overall pick, second overall pick. Igor Shosturkin, amazing contract. He's amazing, and then the Rangers are back into it within like what a year, and then they're already a third round appearance. Like, oh my god, just. Us Leaf fans over there, uh, over here, must we're just looking over there at the Rangers like, you fucking serious right now? Like, do you know what we would do for a run like that right now? Like, oh my god, I just, I, I, I get emotional just thinking about that. Like, how amazing that would feel to see them go that far, man. Like, I, <laughs> oh, it's been so fucking long. It's not fair. It's not fair. Not fair. Anyway, uh, good job from Igor, man. He played really good. Uh, it was a pretty solid game. I would say a kind of a playoff atmosphere to that one. It was fairly exciting. Pretty decent game right there. Then the Leafs go up against the Washington Capitals. They lose that game 5-2. to two. In regulation! Ah, cancel the parade. Ah, we're terrible. Anyway, uh, Ovechkin in that game. Obviously, Ovechkin being the focal point of this game. I I told I t- I told my buddy Cal before the game even began. I was like, "Oh, buddy, like it's kind of like guaranteed that Ovechkin scoring the goal tonight, right?" And um, yeah, I think almost everybody in the world believed that that was going to happen. <clears throat> Pretty well known fact that uh, Ovechkin has uh, sort of feasted on the Toronto Maple Leafs throughout his career. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, the Leafs were virtually what horrendous during his whole career up until maybe like four years ago they they were back to being a respectable franchise in ways and uh, yeah Ovechkin has feasted on the Leafs <laughs> quite quite a lot and um yeah I was quite convinced that he was going to score the goal I wasn't convinced that the Leafs were going to, I actually thought the Leafs would have won this game uh they would have won it for Samsonov that was another fairly big storyline going into this one was Samsonov playing against his former team for the first time and it honestly looked like there was no bad blood there was a moment there where he and Ovechkin were having a little moment they're laughing and joking around so that's great to see that there was no you know animosity or bad blood from you know it looked kind of ugly there in last year's playoffs when I believe it was Samsonov that led in that really really bad goal and Ovechkin was visibly pissed and I mean rightfully so it was a really just brain dead moment and it happens man you know you get a mental fart brain freeze and yeah in that moment it looked like Ovechkin was super pissed and then both those goalies end up going away so I thought you know maybe there was something bad there regardless they seem cool man it was it was a nice little moment there I believe that was when I think that was when rather Ovechkin I don't know if he hit the post or he had a really good chance there and and he just whiffed on it or something but they were joking about he's like oh man I would have had it on on you right there but Anyway, I, th- I was hoping that the Leafs would have won it for Samsonov and Ovechkin would have gotten the goal. I was not. I was rooting for Ovi to get the goal. Like I wanted. I wanted to see it, man. Like I don't care that the Leafs would have had to sit there and watch everybody pour out on the bench. Regard. I wanted to see it, man. I don't get to watch a lot of hockey games throughout the week, so I would have really enjoyed to see that moment live. Uh, sadly, I didn't. Uh, but it was a pretty fun game, man. Like I said, Ovi was just a hitting machine out there, man. He blasted Connor Timmins, dude. Like he, it was literally like out of NHL hits 03. Like he blasted him into the bench. He goes flying. That was a ridiculous hit. I love that. Uh, but sadly, Ovechkin did not get his goal. Like I said, I was saddened by this, but 
You know who did get a lot of goals in that game randomly? Eric Gustafson gets a hat trick in this game. Uh, he's a defenseman, by the way, and honestly... I don't know why people are all that surprised. Like, I know Gustafson has fallen off of the map over the last few years, but I'll never forget the fact that this guy had a 60-plus point season in Chicago, and he lit it the fuck up. He, I'm pretty sure he had over 15 goals, 60, 65 points, like a fantastic season, and he's never repl replicated anything near that ever again. But he does have flashes like this where he just goes off and shows his unreal offensive abilities as a defenseman and uh, he did so against the Toronto Maple Leafs though maybe there was a little over focus on Ovechkin in that game uh, it looks like the the Leafs as a team really did not want to have to sit there and watch the the Washington Capitals bench pour out and have a big celebration in front of them so uh, they didn't want that to happen so I don't know. They kept finding Eric Gustafson, and he finds the back of the net three times. So, uh, impressive game from him. Uh, and he also followed that up with another game. The game after that, he got a goal and assist. So, he's on fire right now. So, if you're looking for a fantasy asset, maybe try out Gustafson. Maybe he's um, going to find his offensive touch again. Who knows? That would be, uh, be fun. Uh, and honestly, it was not the strongest game from Samsonov in there. There was that one goal, man, that just kind of slid underneath him. Yeah, it got semi-deflected, but that one made me go, but that would have been a little lesson. It would have been more of a, instead of the over-exaggerated one from just a moment ago, if I knew that that got semi-deflected. Regardless, not Samsonov's strongest game. Um... Maybe not the Leafs' strongest game as a team right there. Like I said, I really wanted the win here for Samsonov. That would have been fantastic, but it happens. But uh, the main event for, for this week, the one that I I don't know if, I, if you guys had to circle around your calendar. I can't honestly say that I actually had this written on my calendar, but regardless, I looked at the schedule for this week and I saw the Tampa Bay Lightning. I was like, oh, fucking rights man that game is going to be must watch and i partook in this game absolutely uh tampa is hot right now they are buzzing they are looking like fucking that dangerous stanley cup caliber team yet again they i don't know how they keep doing it I, I, I'm just gonna have to sh i'm gonna have to just talk about tampa right now shout out to that team dude like absolute battlers dude like the, the fact that they've played, like, what, a full extra NHL season now in playoff games over the last three, four seasons, and they still are tops in the league, fucking, fucking applause right there, man. That is unbelievable. And on top of that, Victor Hedman still is struggling. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on with Victor Hedman. I, um... I've had a couple of trade offers thrown at me in fantasy for Victor Hedman. And, like, I love Victor Hedman. I love Victor Hedman. He's, like, top five, top ten favorite player in the league right now. I love Victor Hedman. He is, oh, oh. Like, don't tell John Tavares, but if if I had the option for if, if I could get John Tavares or Victor Hedman, I'm taking Victor Hedman. I'm sorry, John. I love you so much, but seriously, Victor Hedman. Anyway, uh, Victor Hedman's been uh, just not looking like Victor Hedman this year. He may be playing well. Now, I can't... I only saw him in the Leaf game there, and he looked okay. Now, he didn't look dominating like that dominating Hedman again. I don't know if he's battling something, but I know he ain't putting up the points because I just... I can tell that from fantasy because he's, like, ranked 200. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, Hedman's always a top 25, top 30 fantasy player. He's always unbelievable. And, um, yeah, man, I just... Um, 
a little surprised by that, but Vasilevsky's getting it, uh, getting it back together. He's playing out of his mind again. Uh, Stamkos is looking like he's going to be replicating what he did last year, which was a phenomenal year for him. He's having another fantastic season. Braden Point's playing well. Brandon Brendan Hagel is whew, he's a uh, he's he's probably going to be on that underrated list for quite a while, I would imagine. Uh, Sergachev had a really not a good game here. He made a lot of mistakes. He was responsible for, what, two goals against at least, I, I believe. So, yeah, not a really strong game, at least, for Sergeyev here. And I, I think this was new uh, for this game in particular. He was de- I don't know if this is necessarily a demotion. I have no idea. Uh, they could be rolling their defensive pairs pretty consistently on ice time. Dunno. But uh, he was moved down to the third pair with Zach Bogosian. But, like, oh, what a pairing that is, though. What a pairing. Sergeyev and Bogosian? Oh, on your third pair? Oh, that's disgusting. That is disgusting. That is, that's gross. Um, regard, I love Bogosian, by the way. Oh, I miss you so much, Bogo. I loved you so much as a Leaf. Like, what, just one of those defensemen, kind of like Jordy Ben this year, like a defenseman that came in and everyone was kind of like, oh, I don't know how that's going to be. And then they kind of ended up being like a little bit of a folk hero. Like, Bogosian was an unreal Leaf. It was just really, really didn't last very long. But um, this game, regardless, the Leafs won this 4-1. to one. And a uh, really, really impressive game from the Toronto Maple Leafs right here. I mean, through two periods, man, through two periods, Toronto limited Tampa Bay to only nine shots through 40 minutes. This is a two-time-in-a-row Stanley Cup champion, three appearances in the finals over the last three years in a row. That I mean, come on, that is that is impressive. And not only that, the Leafs are still down Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, um... Yeah, that's um I was quite impressed with this performance. Matt Murray did what he had to do. Now the Lightning, I was nervous. Now I'm not going to lie, I was quite nervous with the Leafs going into the third period only having a 2-0 lead. Tampa is one of the deadliest teams when behind, when trailing in a game that's uh and it was a massive it was a massive test for the Toronto Maple Leafs going up against Tampa with a 2-0 lead in the third period. They held on, man. They sure did. They got a couple empty netters there, which fluffed up the score. Regardless, I think it was, you know, on paper, it's still a two to one game. Yeah, it looked like a four. It's four to one on paper, but it was actually a two to one game. It was really close. Uh, I got really nervous in the third period once Tampa started turning it on, man. Uh, they went from what I think nine shots to in the mid twenties, something like that. So yeah, they turned it the fuck on. Third period, Leafs got it done, man. I was I was quite impressed with that game i was very happy to see them pull out a performance like that something that they uh they're definitely going to be uh be needing because uh chances like if you haven't noticed uh the top three teams uh at least last time i checked are three atlantic teams you got the fucking boston bruins the tampa bay lightning the toronto maple leafs all in the top three and they're all in the same friggin' division so the Leafs have another good chance that there's a possibility that they're going to be playing one of Boston or Tampa Bay in the first round and that's just bullshit man like I I hate that and people have been talking about it this you know this this week that uh it would be you know a dream that for the playoffs to be seeded that the number one seed plays the 16 seed no matter what and like the way that it's laid out right now is that they get the divisional rivalries and stuff, but I don't know. I, th- I think for the most part that system works. It's just really tragic that the last few years that kind of the top 
three three teams in one division are kind of in the top five of the league for the last few years with Tampa, Toronto, and Boston. And it's not a very good reward for being like top senior division and pulling the Tampa Bay Lightning. That fucking sucks. Like, oh yeah, we get the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round and uh, we're going, like, it's not fair, man. It just sucks. Uh, I think it's unfortunate. And uh, they, everyone claims that the, the odds of it becoming a 1v16 situation is slim to none, which uh, that sucks. And yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That's all I could say about that. That's unfortunate. But I, I can't, you can't really fall back on that argument or that excuse anymore because, I mean, it, I think it, it really doesn't matter who the Leafs have gotten. We've had uh, layups, and I don't mean to offend these fan bases, but, I mean, going into it, Montreal looked like a layup for the Leafs to be able to slaughter them. They didn't get it done. Columbus, they came into that one as the, as the favorites into that, and they did not get it done, so... The Leafs have had every kind of tier of opponent. They've had the Bruins, and honestly, I feel like they play better when the when their opponent is stronger. Like their series last year against Tampa Bay was honestly maybe the best uh, series I've seen them play since in a long time. They played. I was a I was a very respectable series. Yes, they tragically didn't get it done in Game Seven, but I think they. Honestly, that was the best effort I've seen them put into a Game 7. Yeah, we all wanted the win, but honestly, that one I did not come out of upset at all. I felt like they did all, they did just damn near everything. It was just, it's the Tampa Bay freaking Lightning. And uh, again, the Leafs had their chances. They they were up in that series, and yes, they've uh, they didn't they they can't finish a series, which is is been the storyline for a long time. Don't worry, I'm very aware of it, but um. I thought that was a very impressive performance, and let's just say if we do pull the Tampa Bay Lightning again, I think the Leafs are going to put on an even better performance than they did the last time they met, and will that extra amount of uh, better performance be enough to take them out this time? Will that extra wear and tear on the Tampa Bay Lightning going through so many playoff series be enough to give the Leafs enough of an edge this time around? I fucking hope so, man. I'm still staying on my earlier predictions of Leafs winning the Stanley Cup because I have to, man. I just can't. I can't. Like I'm. I'm. I don't care how dumb it is. Uh, right now, I have never seen uh, a Leaf team as good as this since I've been watching. So uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty convinced. Or I, I. I'm. You know. I don't think they're the best team in the league right now. I'm not convinced that they're the best team in the league, but. I believe that they're a contender for sure. They're definitely a contender. And uh, that's that's about, yeah, that's about what I could say about that. So I think that's everything for the Toronto Maple Leafs this week. Let's just look at their schedule for the upcoming. Uh, I don't think they're going to have too much uh, because of the Christmas break or whatnot. But like I said, tomorrow they are playing the Philadelphia Flyers. That's the 2 p.m. start time game. That's going to be a good time, I hope. And again... It's kind of a, hopefully a home run for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Got a really struggling Philadelphia Flyers team. You got a Leafs team right here coming off high of that huge win over Tampa Bay. So hopefully they, you know, please send us off with a, a good Christmas present, Toronto, and just uh, slaughter the Philadelphia Flyers like 6-1, to 6 nothing, Or at least just give us a really entertaining game like, I don't know, 6-3. to three. I don't know something like that. I don't know. I don't know why I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm feeling six goals is going to happen tomorrow, <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see. Just uh, give us something to be happy about going into uh, Christmas time for the Toronto Maple Leafs, please and thank you. 
And then Tuesday, they are going to be playing the St. Louis Blues. So, uh, again, another team that's lower in the standings. So, maybe we can end off the year here with uh, some, some, some victories. And after that, <clears throat> that, I won't be talking about this game in the next episode, but they will be playing the Arizona Coyotes on Thursday. So, again, another team lower in the rankings. So, uh, maybe we got a couple victories here going into the, into the new year. That would be fantastic. All right. Let's get into uh, some of the other topics I want to look at this uh, this episode. So let's go take a look at the league leading um, people in the stats, you know, points, goals, all that great stuff. So cause I don't think I've, I've taken a look at this on the podcast uh, for quite a while. So let's take a look at points. We'll just do top five. So uh, obviously, number one, Connor McDavid, 64 points. I mean, absolutely stupid right here. In 33 games, I mean, he's literally, he's just shy of two points per game. Outrageous right now. Right behind him, well, I mean, not right behind him, 10 points behind him is Leon Dreisaitl, his teammate. Generally one and two in the league, these guys. Leon having yet another fantastic season. And number three, now this one, I mean, I I knew he was having a really good season, but I didn't know he was up here. Tage Thompson, number three, 50 points. And I mean... Wow, we are seeing the emergence of a true superstar right here in only 32 games, man. He's got 50 points. Uh, Wow, he is truly uh, the highlight of the Buffalo Sabres. He is a human highlight reel. He's just very entertaining to watch. I mean, I know not a lot of Buffalo Sabres fans are necessarily watching right now, and they're not filling up the stands. Understandably so. They've been through a lot of shit, but at least right now, you got Tage Thompson, Darlene, Power. There's some things to be excited about. And Tage Thompson being in the top three in NHL scoring, that's fucking awesome. Uh, And I guess we'll just do four and five because these two are tied. Jason Robertson, 47 points. I mean, we've talked about Jason Robertson before on this podcast. The kid is absolutely insane. Um... Dallas loving that contract that they signed with him and uh well they're gonna be paying for it when that one's up in four years but regardless he is living up to that contract and so 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 much more the Dallas Stars run through what Jason Robertson is doing he runs that offense and um what an insane player man like oh I feel I feel so upset now that I did not draft this guy like I can't believe we were all so worried that he wasn't going to sign like I feel like there's no way that he wasn't going to sign because Dallas could not go into the season without him. There's just no way. Like, they would not be as good as they are right now without Jason Robertson. I, I don't think any Dallas Stars fan would deny that. But, whew, man, I wish I took him in fantasy. I'm an idiot. And then tied for him at number four is Nikita Kucherov. And I'm happy to see Nikita Kucherov up here. Now, he's not my favorite player in, like, uh, I don't, what? <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. Like he's a little bit dirty. He's kind. He's pretty darn entertaining, especially like those Montreal Canadian uh, press conferences that he did. You know, the, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like he's pretty darn entertaining, but he he sometimes can get a little bit uh, temperamental on the ice, and sometimes that's not my favorite thing. But regardless, every time I watch Nikita Kucherov play, I always go, "Jeez." Something like that, you know? I always get blown away by that guy because the passes he makes are so ridiculous. I swear, he can, he's like a video game sometimes. Like, it, like the puck, some, like he will send it into a group of, of 20 sets of legs and that puck will get through there somehow, land perfectly on the tape of the guy on the other side of the rink and like, oh my God. I don't know how many times I've seen it and it, every single time it makes me just 
makes me lose my mind a little bit, man. So Nikita Kucherov up in the top five in scoring. That is impressive. Now let's move over to the tops and goals. Leading that list as well, Connor McDavid, 28 goals. Really looks like he's trying to do the Sidney Crosby thing where where people are giving Crosby shit like, oh, he can't score. And he's like, oh, yeah, hold my beer. And then he, he won the Rocket that year and scored a shitload of goals. He had like 51 goals. McDavid looks like he wants to win a Rocket and uh, show up that, hey, man, I can score up there with Austin Matthews. Like, don't, don't think that I can't do that. I can do that if I want to, if I really put my mind to it. And 28 goals in 33 games. Are you, he's almost scored, he's almost a goal a game right now. And honestly, I don't see him really slowing down from that because he's insane. He's Connor McFrickin' David. And then right behind him, Tage Thompson, 26 goals. I mean, that five-goal performance alone really, really helped him out right there. It got him into uh, that second slot for sure. But, man, he is fun to watch. Jason Robertson right there, number three, 24 goals. Uh, Just talked about him. He is ridiculous. Number four is Bo Horvat. He is still up there, 22 goals, having a career year for sure. I, I, I think it's safe to say that Bo Horvat is going to have a career year right here. Uh, goals just insane for Bo Horvat. He's never been up here at, at this level of goal scoring, but um, I'm a fan of Bo Horvat, man. I really like him. Uh, honestly, just because I like him so much, I would like him to uh, get out of Vancouver. Or better yet, it'd be nice to see the Vancouver Canucks get their shit together and like actually put up some consistent amount of success, which they haven't had in a long, 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 long time. And they go through too many series of just like inconsistencies and long periods of no success and just some ridiculous management decisions. And yeah, I mean, and this coming from a Leaf fan now, no disrespect. We've had ton of that ourselves, but at least we can say that recent in recent years, we've, they've gotten their shit together as an organization. Now, have we had that success? Not yet, but at least they're trying. Uh, and then rounding out um, three guys tied for number five at 21 goals apiece. Leon Dreisaitl, of course. David Pasternak, one of the best goal scorers in the game. And number five, also tied at 21, Miko Rantanen, who has been on fuego lately. Uh, really has taken on uh, the the role of the of the offensive leader in Colorado since McKinnon is down. Landeskog is down. And he has... Really, no problem. He's like, eh, don't worry, just throw the load on my back. I'll carry this team for a bit. And, uh, yeah, they they really need to get healthy in Colorado. But Mikko Rantanen having a fantastic season. And since he's right there at 20 goals, Alexander Ovechkin, got to shout him out right there. He's still up there just getting getting his goals, baby. Now we'll go to assists. You got Connor McDavid, 36 assists. Just ridiculous. He's got more assists than he's played games. Nikita Kucherov, 35 assists. Again, one I would say he makes some of the most impressive passes I've ever seen in the game. Leon Dreisaitl, 33 assists. Again, he's <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, Artemi Panarin, number four, 32 assists. And tied for third, uh, fourth with him is Josh Morrissey. Now let's fucking talk about Josh Morrissey for a second because this guy is having a ridiculous season with the Winnipeg Jets. Jets excuse me. 32 games. 38 points, 6 goals, 32 assists. I mean, wow. Uh, and, and he's on a ridiculous point streak right now. I think it's over 10 games in a row with a point. And wow, man. Like, this guy already has more points than he put up all last season. He had 37 points all last year in 79 games. In 32 games, he already has 38. 
So uh, he is crushing it. He is already at the most points he scored in a season. So he's already gotten a career year, and there's still 50 more games for him to play. So yeah, Josh Morrissey is having a freaking ridiculous year. So I've always been a fan of him. I feel like he's never really gotten the respect uh, that he kind of deserves over there in Winnipeg. I think, um, I feel like it's just because that the defense kind of fell apart and Morrissey and Neil Pionk kind of had to take over for Bufflin and Truba leaving. And those were big shoes to fill, literally big shoes to fill. Those are huge defensemen, but, uh, Josh Morrissey, I hope we'll get, um, maybe a, no- a Norris nod, don't think he's gonna win it sadly but hell maybe he does he's he's up there man uh but i think he'll definitely get some nods and hopefully some respect so josh morrissey very impressive and then another very impressive defenseman this year eric carlson there at 30 assists i mean he slowed down a bit with the goal scoring but regardless he is having a phenomenal season for himself a absolute resurgence of eric carlson and that's great because He's another one of the more entertaining guys in the league, especially when he's healthy and doing the Eric Carlson thing. I mean, come on now. And then in terms of all this other stuff, we don't really care all that much. I mean, plus minus, Hampus Lindholm's got 24. Good for you. Power play goals. Connor McDavid at 13. Tied with Leon Dreisaitl at 13. Shorthanded goals. Riley Smith has four. That's cool. Uh, Ice time. Kale McCarr leads 27 minutes. Face-off percentage, Jonathan Tave, 65%. Jesus, man, he is freaking really good at that. All right, let's switch over to the goalie stats. Goals against average, Linus Olmark, 1.89. Absolutely fantastic season. Kind of a rocky start for him in Boston, but uh, yeah, I think the Bruins fans are quite satisfied with Olmark right now. Um, Peter Kachekov, number two at a 1.94. I mean, uh, very impressive for a young goaltender. Now, Carolina has a very good defensive core and system over there. It seems that every goaltender that comes in there plays very well in their system, but uh, Kachepkov is playing even better, and I would say that with these numbers, it's early and a small sample size, but looks like this kid is is pretty darn legit and uh, pretty impressive numbers so far with uh, a young goaltender. Number three is your boy, Ilya Samsonov, baby. 1.98, still rocking the under two goals against average. Absolutely phenomenal. Way more than I think anyone expected out of him. So I am very happy with that. And then, then like after that, it really drops off. Number four, Philip Gustafson, 2.31. Pretty solid right there. Minnesota starting to get it back together. And Gustafson playing well himself is a, is a pretty large reason for that. Uh, I don't know. I think the biggest reason might be Ryan Reeves. They've been on fire since he's joined the team. So, again, that's always a good guy to pick up for cheap. Help your team out. Ryan Reeves, Rebo. Then rounding it out is number five, Connor Hellebuck, 2.33. He looks like he's having a nice bounce back season, playing very well for himself. Always one of the more consistent goaltenders in the league. Now, save percentage, which I I much prefer is save percentage over goals against. Number one is also Linus Allmark at a a 9.37. That is phenomenal. What a great, what a, wow, what a, what a, Wow, I'm I'm a a little um, beside myself right now. Now, Linus Olmark, I I am a big fan of right now, especially because I picked him up in free agency, and he's really, really helped my team out. I can't thank him enough for his fantastic performance so far this season. Uh, Next up, number two, Ilya Samsonov with a 9-2-9. I mean, wow, what a fantastic... um, 
again, way more than I expected him to do. Uh, yes, it's dropped off a little bit, but regardless, a 929 is fantastic. Good enough to get him number two in the league. Number three, Connor Hellebuck, 928. Very reasonable, very uh, kind of expected out of Connor Hellebuck. He is a really, really damn good goaltender. And uh, tied with him at a 928 is Peter Kachekov. We just talked about him. Number five, Ilya Sorokin at a 926. I think Ilya Sorokin is one of the more underrated goaltender in the league, if not the most underrated goaltender in the league. He is unreal. He is so freaking good. Yeah, he's been fighting it a little bit recently, but he'll get it back together. He'll get it back together. He's great. And hold on. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, oh but okay. Well, screw it. I'm shouting him out anyway. Matt Murray is right there at number six, nine, two, five. So the Leafs got two goalies in the top 10 for save percentage. So I, I really cannot complain about that. That, that is unbelievable, uh, performing very well. And then in terms of wins for goalies, Linus Allmark, 18 wins. Shishjerkin, 16. Tied with Hellebuck for 16. Tristan Jari has 15. The youngster, Logan Thompson, has 14. And right there with him is Martin Jones, still up there with 14 wins himself. So, interesting, interesting. Um, I would say, for the most part, pretty standard. The only ones that really stand out to me, obviously, is Josh Morrissey having a phenomenal year. Bo Horvat scoring way over his usual pace and um i guess the the gold the, the toronto maple leafs goaltenders that's pretty ridiculous and then tage thompson i knew he was good but wow he is being ridiculous right now so really impressive for him which ones stand out to you guys as uh some of the more impressive stats right there i mean obviously Connor mcdavid scoring out of two uh, two points per game is pretty ridiculous almost a goal per game right now over an assist per game Guy's freaking ridiculous, dude. He's absolutely ridiculous. So there you go. So that is the league leaders. Let's get into, let's talk a little bit about the Flames right here. So last week, I, like I said, it was a little bit, a little bit salty on the way that the Flames been playing recently. And they were on a five game losing streak. Okay. Five game losing streak. And listen to some of the opponents that they lost to. So they lost to the Leafs. All right. Fair enough. That was a close game. I believe, I believe that was an overtime. So, um, all right, that's understandable that they're losing to the Leafs. They're a top team in the league. All right, understandable. But the rest of these losses, you lost to the St. Louis Blues. Struggling team right now, not good enough. Columbus Blue Jackets, bottom feeder, not good enough. Montreal Canadiens, young, fun team, but also struggling. They're kind of bottom, bottom feeders right now, not good enough. And then you lose to the Vancouver Canucks on top of that. <sighs> just not good enough, man. Those were those were a lot of teams right there that you should have won. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. Thankfully, though, they did beat the San Jose Sharks in their two games that they played. And, oh, oh, buddy, if they didn't win those two games, you would have seen a different side of me. And um, I don't, like, the, one, the thing that I've been noticed, and I imagine a lot of you have noticed, is that the Flames are... <sighs> I don't want to say that they're exactly like the Philadelphia Flyers, but in a way, they're kind of the Philadelphia Flyers of the Western Conference. Now, hear me out. So here's Philadelphia's pattern, at least for the last quite a while, up until recently. They would make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. So in that pattern, there's a lot of disappointments in there, right? 
There's a lot of rather teams that they thought were going to be better that didn't perform well. And maybe some teams in there that didn't have the highest expectations that did better than they thought. And I think the Calgary Flames are a little bit similar where, especially this year, man, they were one of the going into the season. There was a lot of high hopes and expectations and a lot of people were really high on their roster, myself included. Like, I look at Jacob Markstrom and Nett. I looked at that defensive core. I looked at... I know that they lost Goudreau and Kachuk, but bringing in Huberdeau, Uyghur... I mean, it looked really... They looked really good on paper. You got Daryl Sutter, the coach, who... with You look at that team on paper, you're like, oh yeah, there's a lot of Daryl Sutter guys right here. Uh, this is a dangerous-looking team. Now, I think they're still a very dangerous-looking team, but maybe they're not the most uh, dangerous-looking team or team to deal with in the regular season. Now, that's a team right still still right now. I look at that, that team with Lucic, you got Coleman, you got that all those defensemen, man. They got so many, like, just solid defense all throughout with Hannafin, Shillington, whenever he decides to come back, Uyghurs back there. I mean... Uh, I, I mean, Markstrom's there, but fuck, he has been struggling, man. He still has not found his game this year. I'm, I'm honestly quite surprised. Like, I thought maybe after he made those comments of, like, saying he's a terrible goaltender, the team would kind of rally behind him. But, again, still, he is not putting up the numbers, and he is still fighting it mightily, man. Like, I don't know what is, what's going on in the head of Jacob Markstrom. I feel like this is 100% mental, like, he clear, he has the skill, like, he's shown it off that he can get it done, but I think right now, it's in between the years, there's something going on there, there's a lack of confidence, there's, um, a, 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 maybe a feeling of over, he needs to do too, he's doing a little too much, going out there, trying to make plays with the puck, and just fucking it up, and I think maybe, again, simplify the game, get back to basics, get back to what made you successful, and try and find that confidence, and just get wins, you gotta get wins, bro, and again, I'm also surprised that Vladar hasn't found himself in the net a little bit more, uh, Especially during that, I mean, I know he got some games during that, but I, I, I thought he was the hotter hand, and I feel like they maybe should have played him a little bit more. Uh, regardless, I know they really, you really want Markstrom to get going. I understand that, and um, yeah, that's kind of like the big thing that I'm looking at with this Flames team right now, and I'm, I'm really looking at the just the performance of Markstrom right now. That's that's really, that's really hurting him right now. You really got to get better performance, better, better everything out of Markstrom right here, and. Um, yeah, maybe it is getting Shillington back. Uh, a good thing is that Dubé looks like he's starting to find it. He's really been going off over the last week or two here. So um, that's that's big news. Huberto's still kind of like uh, is not not quite there yet. And again, we talked about this um, that a few times now we talked about this, that uh, sometimes it takes players upwards to six months to really and truly get comfortable with a new system, a new team, new setting. And we're not even close to that six month period yet. So maybe, maybe it really is going to take them that long for Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. And I mean, Weger has been a fucking letdown, dude, at least in terms of production. I, um, I'm still hanging on to this guy in fantasy. He is literally just one of those guys that I'm like, ah, Oh, it's just like, is it even worth, like, I just don't know what to do with him, man. Like, I keep, ex I just know the second I drop him, he is probably going to pop off. And maybe I should just drop him now for the sake of Calgary, just so maybe he can get it going a little bit. I was expecting a lot more points out of him by this point in the season. But, um, yeah, he hasn't really gotten it going. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know. And uh, and the comparison to the Flyers is that like the Flames have kind of had that similar pattern. Is that they last year they were unreal. They looked like an absolute juggernaut, and then they get kind of embarrassed in the playoffs. And then it looks like the off season was going so terribly, and then. By the end of it, somehow they almost they look like on paper they're an even better team somehow, and now like some expectations were put on them, and now they're really underperforming. And this is not the first time that this has happened to Calgary, where they've come in to the season with high expectations, a good-looking team, and they didn't make the playoffs. Or like, it's it's happened a few times with Calgary, man. Like I I know this is a theme with Calgary, and um, yeah, I would really like some. <clears throat> excuse me, some consistency with the Flames and just get some fucking wins going here. And maybe we're at the start of it here. They got two in a row. Yes, they were both against San Jose, but reg- I don't care. I don't know why people give shit for teams, good teams beating bad teams. You're supposed to. That's why I'm losing it on Calgary this week for losing to those bad teams. Like, you can't lose to the Jackets. That's just, you can't. You can't do that. Not in your position right now. Uh, those are the games you that must win right now in the, in their position. They are not doing good in the standings, man. They are not doing good in the standings. They're, I believe right now they're still out of the playoff spot. Let's just take a little quick peek. West, yes, they're wait wait yeah they're not even they're outside of the wild card. They're 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 tied for the wild card spot with Edmonton and Colorado at thirty six points. So they're in the fight. I mean they're in the fight, but um uh, I don't know, man. Uh, the 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 central is is like uh, I don't know. Like Minnesota's fought their way back into it, and um, yeah, Winnipeg's still hanging on. Dallas still hanging on to those top two spots. Vegas looks pretty good, but for some reason they can't win at home, which is really strange. I don't know. Maybe I'll look more into that next week. But Calgary, please for lo- please, I'm rooting for you guys. Get it back together for the love for the love. If there's uh, Flames fans listening, uh, what do you guys think? Like, am I am I close to what you, what what do you think is going wrong with the team? Is like what's the most what is the most what is the most eye-catching thing that's visually wrong with the Flames? From what I can see in all the highlights that I've been watching and a few games that I've watched, it just looks like the the lacking of confidence in Markstrom is really hurting the team. Like they're they're not they're not confident in him, and he's not confident in himself to make those saves, and that that really sucks because that's they had major confidence in Markstrom last year back there in the net because he was ridiculous last year. And no, I didn't expect him to put up those kind of stats that he did last year, but I wasn't expecting him to play this bad. I mean, Somewhere in the middle, maybe a little higher end, but damn it. I don't know. Give Vladar some more games, damn it. Vladar is a fantastic goaltender. Okay, so that's enough ranting about the Flames. Let's rant a little bit about uh, this alleged 84-game season that they've been talking about. I mean, I don't really care. I'm going to kind of blaze through this because the argument is, um, well, not really an argument. I'm fine with this. Uh all they're talking about is like let's add in two games so then people can stop bitching and they can reformat it so that there'll be more rivalry games and yeah 84 games makes a lot of sense i'm cool with that just as long as they shorten the preseason stuff and exhibition games wicked i love that sounds good to me make it an 84 game season i don't care i personally think that the season is way too long but if we get two more games that matter and we get rid of like four or even five of those exhibition games that don't matter cool i'm down with that do that please so there's that what do you guys think 84 game season you're down with that you get a couple more rivalry games i believe that's what they're going for you still get uh to see every every team play every team so that's cool i'm good with that 
uh, yeah, it makes sense to me. What do you guys think? And now let's get into a couple of uh, sad injury newses. Uh, Cam Atkinson is going to need neck surgery. He is going to be out for the season. I mean, kind of a blessing in disguise. Philadelphia is having a horrendous season. And um, I mean, thankfully, like Cam Atkinson is sort of a Tortorella favorite. He uh, really enjoyed him in uh, Columbus. So, uh, I mean, whatever. I mean, kind of good for Cam Atkinson regardless. Just get healthy and come back next year fighting, my man. I really like Cam Atkinson. He's a really good player. Um, where's that other... Uh, uh, Luke Coonan of the San Jose Sharks. He is also going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, just shitty news. I mean, yeah, San Jose not having a good season. But when I saw that they got Luke Coonan, I was like, oh, fuck. I, I, I remember there was some hype behind that guy. So I was kind of rooting for him. I think he was having a fairly decent season over there. But regardless, being out for the rest of the season, there's still 50 games left. That's a lot of seasons. So that sucks ass. Uh, regardless, get better soon. Get well soon. Feel better, Luke Coonan. Get back on the ice as soon as you can, buddy. And let's uh, let's hand out some money. Let's hand out some money. Why don't we? So some extensions were signed this week. Stuart Skinner of the Edmonton Oilers, the goaltender, he signs a three-year extension worth $2.6 million per season. I'm fine with that. I mean, that's okay. Uh, in comparison to how much they're paying Jack Campbell for his performance compared to Stuart Skinner's, kind of laughable, but... I mean, Jack Campbell, that's the price you pay for paying for free agency. You got to pay a bit extra when it comes to that. You're paying a guy to come to uh, another Canadian market that's maybe not necessarily a place he would love to go. Uh, Yeah, so regardless, they're paying Jack Campbell uh, about double what Stuart Skinner is worth. Uh, But yeah, uh, the skin bin, we'll call him uh, an okay season so far. Not bad. Uh, hoping that they, they're hoping that maybe he could become the goaltender of the future. We'll see. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen a really good goaltender come out of Edmonton. Like Mike Smith has had his moments, but he's like 400 years old and I don't know, but I don't see too much risk. I don't know. I actually do see some risk in Stuart Skinner because I can easily see Stuart Skinner's confidence getting eviscerated or something like that because Edmonton, I mean, if you take away McDavid and Dreisaitl, that team fucking sucks, but we'll see how that one goes. So I'm okay with that deal, but uh, yeah, I mostly just all I want is Jack Campbell to be happy. And if, if this extension makes him happy, then I'm happy. Regardless, uh, Trevor Moore is a happy man over there in Los Angeles. Uh, He signs a five-year extension worth $4.2 million. Now, some people were shaking their heads at this one. I'm fine with that. I think Trevor Moore is a fantastic little player that uh, I honestly miss. I, I, you know, we had to give him up in the Jack Campbell trade, which also brought Kyle Clifford, which, uh, who gives a shit. But regardless, uh, the LA Kings have been... um, Benefiting from a couple of the young prospects that the Leafs are giving them. Uh, Trevor Moore, Carl Grundstrom. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I remember both of them. But Trevor Moore, man, he's a solid little player. He's been putting up pretty consistent numbers over there in L.A. the last couple of years. Again, this is the kind of the reason why the Leafs would trade a guy like this. Now, I don't think they knew 100% that he was going to become a, I don't know, in and around 50, 60-point player. But... If he did become that, they knew they were going to have to pay him this kind of money. And that kind of money, the Leafs do not have that money right now. So that's maybe why they thought he was expendable at that time. He wasn't going to make the roster 
at that moment that was probably at a time when the Leafs had an abundance of wingers which we do not anymore now we need them but that's the way she goes but regardless I'm happy for Trevor Moore I think that's a fine contract uh, I think it's I think it will age well I think he's a very good little player so congratulations Trevor right what is next what is next and next and next is up aha the vancouver canucks come on down you're up next let's talk about the canucks so news coming out of canucks land this year is that everybody except elias peterson peterson is up for grabs up for trade you can acquire any player on the vancouver canucks quinn hughes thatcher demko brock besser bo horvat sound sound interesting to anybody oh yeah i'm pretty interested uh regardless now you now these aren't going to be cheap assets to acquire i mean quinn hughes now there i think there's going to be the most interest i think will fall on quinn hughes that is a young very talented i would say a top two defenseman arguably in and around i don't know a high-end top four top two on most teams would you want him as your top two on a stanley cup contender championship team i don't know i can't i can't you know i can't strongly say i know the answer to that but uh all i know is that quinn hughes is a quality defenseman very very good and he's definitely going to generate a lot of interest around the league uh don't know at this i have no idea who would be in contention for a guy like that uh all i know is that a lot of people are going to be interested in that bo horvat definitely going to generate some interest pricing on him would be interesting because he is on a one uh he only has one more year on his deal so it would still cost you a lot to bring in bo horvat but um yeah that's uh interesting and i, f- I find it kind of interesting that they're also uh putting up thatcher demko which at this point, uh, hey, I think I think a team wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst time to take a swing at Thatcher Demko because his value is couldn't be lower right now. He's injured. He's having an atrocious season, but you've see, we've seen the potential. So perhaps a change of scenery for Demko would be incredible for him. Imagine a Thatcher Demko like you trade. I know that just quick theoretical, okay. Let's just say, for example, you trade, you go to Vegas, you go Robin Leonard for Demko, and you add in picks and prospects, whatever. You make that work because the money's pretty similar. So then Vancouver can have a goaltender, which, oh, Robin Leonard would have a fucking time in Vancouver. Oh, that would be a match made in heaven. I kid, that would be a fucking nightmare, but I would love to see it. It'd be entertaining as hell. Anyway, you put a Thatcher Demko in Vegas. Oh, oh my god that would be something i think that would be incredible but yeah i think a change of scenery like that a different system another example who knows if that can happen but carolina for example you throw a freddie anderson at them into some picks and shit you imagine a thatcher demko in the defensive system of carolina they will protect the shit out of that guy and they'll make sure that he gets that confidence back and he can perform very well so i don't know i think that's i think that's interesting uh if i if i was in i'd be if i was looking for a goaltender i'd be very interested to see what the asking price would be right now for a thatcher demko like i said his value is i don't think it could be any lower right now now if you tried to trade for thatcher demko after that playoff series against vancouver which or uh sorry vegas that he almost stole Oh, can you imagine the asking price for him right there? It'd be like, oh, we want Shesterkin and five first-round picks. But no, seriously, I think I don't think I think De- uh, I think Demko. I don't think he's destroyed yet. But maybe if he stays in Vancouver, he might be. But 
this is kind of a good sign, I guess, for Vancouver fans. I know it may sound pretty terrible, but maybe this is the beginning of them finally tearing it down, finally, for the first time, truly. So that could be something good. I... I think personally, you could have you could keep those like three of those pieces there with you keep Pedersen, you keep Hughes, and you keep Demko. I think that's a great building block thing to deal with. But I don't know the innards of the organization. I don't know what's going on in that locker room if there's a divide between any of these guys here. But regardless, if they can get out of JT Miller's contract, no way you're getting off of Ekman Larson. That one, I don't know. Oh my. God, that was so stupid. Regardless, you you ain't getting off of that one. Um, there are some guys there that you can deal away in Garland. Uh, I think you can you can get something for him. No way you're getting rid of Tyler Myers. Luke Shen, you could get a little bit for, but not much. And honestly, Vancouver would benefit more to keep him with with Hughes because they 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 pair so well together. But I know there's a ton of interest in Luke Shen around the league. I just don't think they're going to get a lot for him. Like you're not getting a first round pick for Luke Shen right now. It's just not happening. Uh, regardless, uh, it appears the doors are open for Vancouver. What do you guys think is going to happen with Vancouver? Are they? Are, is this finally going to be the tear it down rebuild that they've desperately needed for like? a decade now or is this just going to be another one of those terrible retools where maybe they start sending off assets and bringing in less and less like they're sending off assets and not bringing back enough and then just slowly deteriorating their team uh we'll see man but right now the vancouver canucks are yet again a very interesting team in the league and uh, i look forward to see what the hell's going to go on with them over this season it's uh, very interesting speaking of very interesting blake wheeler Takes a puck to the nuts. He needs surgery. He's going to be out for four weeks. But first, he finishes the game in which he got his nuts broken in. And, um, yeah, man. What a freaking warrior. Um, can you imagine being in a game, uh, taking a puck in the nuts, being like, ow, that really hurts. And they're like, hey, uh, Blake, do you think maybe you should go get that checked out? He's like, Nah, I'm going to play this third period. And then you finish the game to only find out that your nut is inside of your chest or something and you need surgery. Um, wow. Uh, maybe they should put that uh, C right back on his on his jersey. That shows some damn leadership if I've ever seen it. <laughs> All jokes aside, that's... Um, that's some that's some warrior mentality. That's some old school warrior mentality uh, displayed right there from Blake Wheeler. So maybe you get a little bit of a glimpse right there as to why he's been a captain in the league for uh, an amount of time that he was. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I got hit in the upper thigh once with one of those red, those uh, orange balls that you play with road hockey my dad took a slap shot literally like five feet away from me he's a terrible father um and cracked me right in the upper thigh right on the skin and i dropped and that was oh yeah i cried like a little baby so i can only imagine what a nhl caliber shot hockey puck to the nuts would feel like even with a cup on regardless um blake wheeler's nuts please uh get better um a little bit more injury news out of uh winnipeg uh, Schmid also out four to six weeks. Uh, this is a non-nut related injury, so that's a bonus. But uh, sadly, that's a pretty big player for them. That's a top four defenseman going to be out for over a month or in and around a month. So yeah, uh, Winnipeg is going to be feeling those injuries right there. Blake Wheeler and Schmid going down. So 
We'll see if uh, Winnipeg is going to be able to hang on to that second spot in their division. Uh, They've been having a good season, but a lot of people still aren't fully uh, on board with the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, uh, I just love Kyle Connor so much, man. Oh, he's so freaking good. I've had people coming after my Kyle Connor in my fantasy league, and I'm never giving him up, man. Kyle Connor's like... One of my number one targets to go after every year because he's so damn consistent. And yeah, he had a slow start this, this year, but go take a look at his stats recently. He is on fire. And uh, yep, he's doing the Kyle Connor thing that I expect out of him every year, and he always delivers. So good job, Kyle Connor and the Winnipeg Jets. You guys keep going because I like the Winnipeg Jets. They're one of the just lesser talked about teams in Canada that I feel like should get some love right now. They're doing very good. All right, speaking of very good, but also not very good news, Ovechkin, the great chase, no real news update on that. He's still stuck at 800 goals. Oh, I really wanted to talk about him breaking the record, but he didn't do it yet. So I don't know, maybe there's a game tonight and he'll do it tonight. And um, yeah, then I'll have to, you'll have to wait for a whole nother week for me to uh, talk about that. But yeah, that's the update on Ovi right now. I mean, yeah, he didn't score. So that sucks. Still uh, 800 goals, though, on the money. That is phenomenal. One goal away from tying Gordie Howe and two away from passing Gordie Howe. So ridiculous. How many more games do you think it's going to take Ovi to get it done? Do you think he gets it done before the new year? I would say totally, man. That is, like, if you challenge Ovi to that kind of thing, like, hey, Ovi, bet you won't score, you won't pass Gordie Howe before New Year's, and he'll be like, and then, yeah, that'll just set him off. Literally, flames will emerge from his eyes. He'll become the Russian vodka-fueled god or something, and he'll score 100 goals. And there you go. And you'll pass Gretzky before uh, January 1st. That's a guarantee. No, I'm just kidding. But regardless, that is it for me this week. Uh, more than likely missed a few things. I know there was some Hockey Canada news and all that, but I'm not going to get into that until there's more concrete stuff they're just kind of been yeah i'm not going to get into it right now lots of other hockey podcasts that you're more than likely have listened to that they get into that stuff but i won't get into it this week let's keep it uh let's keep it clean let's keep it good for now for the holidays keep it a happy cheery regardless you guys are super close to the end of the week you're getting close to the weekend you know what this weekend is it's christmas it's christmas go ahead watch some christmas movies i just have to say i did watch the um the new a christmas story christmas Unfucking believable. Unbelievable. So good. I was so pleasantly surprised. I went into that. I didn't hear. A, I haven't heard a thing about it. I didn't hear any reviews. I didn't look up anything. I just went into it. I was like, I'm not, I just want to watch it. I'm going to see how it is. And I'm a huge, a Christmas story fan. Like it's one of my favorite Christmas movies, if not my favorite one. And the amount of love and and little ca- the cameos and all the jokes the the callbacks to the movie mwah, beautiful i was blown away with how good that movie was if you haven't checked it out highly recommend it it is a great movie i was i cannot believe how good it was i had i went into it with pretty low expectations that it wasn't going to be like honestly like it's arguably better than the original christmas story like i I went into that going like, nope, no way that this is going to be better than uh, the original one. But honestly, at the end of that, I was like, my wife was like, oh, that was way better than the original. But she's not a big fan of the original. I'm a huge fan. And honestly, it's it's right there, man. They're 
both excellent movies. So go ahead, enjoy yourselves that movie. Enjoy yourselves. uh, If you're on holidays, enjoy your holidays. You're getting closer to the end of the week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Go check out the YouTube channel, GamerGX Videos. Links are down below. Got a Twitter page you can go follow. All that great stuff. I will be back again on Saturday with the Wrestle uh, recap. And Monday, I will be looking at the video game awards that have passed. I'll go through the winners and stuff. And then later on, at the end of this year or the beginning of next year, will be my video game awards. I'll go through all the games that I played this year. And I played games from fucking every... So many, like for, back from 1985 all the way up to 2022, every game is going to be included that I played. It doesn't matter if it came out in 2022, it can come out any year. It's just every single game, new game that I played this year is in contention. So it's going to be a very interesting game awards. Uh, I think, I don't think it's, it's going to be uncomparable to anyone else's because I've played games. Everyone plays different games. So I want to take, I want to go into it with that idea. So it's hopefully it's going to be different. Yeah, there's going to be a couple games on there that were on a lot of people's Game of the Year lists. But regardless, I look very forward to that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Regardless, you guys made it through this one. Go help yourselves out to some more podcast episodes if you'd like. YouTube channel, daily uploads over there. And hell yeah, I hope you guys are having a good day. And uh, get yourselves to that weekend, baby. And uh, hopefully the Leafs absolutely destroy the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow. 18-1. to Let's see it happen. All right. You guys, take it easy. I'm outie. Bye.